It is the 25th of April 2021. Welcome to the news around Uganda and this is the weekly roundup. The Minister of Education Janet Museveni has assured teachers in private schools that the president's pledge of 20 billion Uganda shillings will be delivered soon. Yoweri Museveni promised the teachers a relief fund after the sector was battered by COVID-19, especially during the lockdown. Janet Museveni in an interview with Vision Group in Changkwanzi said that the delay was caused by the absence of national circles for teachers where the money would have been channeled. Of the agencies available right now that deal with money, we tried to find out whether those those ones could be useful in this respect, but we found that they couldn't. So that's why the Ministry of Education decided to start from the scratch at working with the, the private teachers to put together a system that will enable this money to get to the teachers. But uh, I think we are coming to the end of this process and surely this money will be able to reach the teachers themselves. Meanwhile, the First Lady dispelled reports that Makere University will phase out undergraduate courses. But they are not completely phasing out undergraduate students. They are planning that from 2020 to 2030, they are looking at phasing out uh, undergraduate students to make them at least 15,000 and 10,000 postgraduate students, which therefore shows that uh, undergraduates will still be a larger number than the postgraduate students, which proves to you that they are not phasing out undergraduate courses altogether. Meanwhile, members of parliament in the Finance Committee have questioned the criteria used in disparing the COVID-19 stimulus package approved by the parliament to support businesses affected by the pandemic. This as the committee interacted with the Minister of Finance, Matia Kesaija, and Managing Director of Uganda Development Bank, Patricia Ojangole, on the distribution of the funds. Ojangole informed members of parliament that Uganda Development Bank received 455 billion shillings for the stimulus package and they have dispersed 240 billion shillings. The stimulus package has different components, okay? So one of the components was to support, to help the country ensure that we have enough or essential goods and services. For example, produce, manufacture locally what we used to import, as an example. Because the impact of COVID disrupted um, supply chains. You realize we could not import, we could not go out. Um, who probably were not producing. So uh, the funds were to support the economy recover in that regard. Ojangole says the beneficiaries of this money only had different terms like extension of the grace period from two to three years, reduction of the lending grant from 14% to 12%. The other thing we did was uh, to make this funding easily available and accessible. For example, we reviewed the terms to respond to that. Um, we reduced the lending rate. Previously, we were lending at 14%. But for this, um, when we got this funding, we reduced the pricing to 12 um, So that is not so expensive on the borrowers. Um, we're giving a grace period of up to three years for projects to start paying back. Let's head to Central Africa, where the Chadian army had named Idris Deby's son, Muhammad Idris Deby, as the leader of the nation after president was shot on the front line while fighting against rebels in the north of the country. The army announced his death on Tuesday, just a day after preliminary results of the concluded election showed President Idris Deby was in the lead. Chef de l'État, chef suprême des armées, 
Idriss Déby Itno vient de donner son dernier souffle en défendant l'intégrité territoriale sur le champ de bataille. C'est avec une profonde amertume que nous annonçons au peuple tchadien le décès ce mardi 20 avril 2021. Debbie, a former military officer, would have been re-elected for the sixth term to continue his long reign in power, spanning three decades. The government and parliament have been dissolved while borders are shut and a dusk to dawn curfew has been imposed. Though analysts say it's against the chart constitution, 37-year-old Debbie's son, Mohammed, will leave the country for the next 18 months as elections are being organized to choose a new president. Meanwhile, health workers from Greater Chibari are on sport for abscording from duty at their respective workstations. The revelation was made by Florence Owati from the State House Health Monitoring Unit who visited Greater Chibari. Addressing the media, Owati said their visit in the region followed the public outcry that health workers abscored from their duty, mistreat patients and others steal government drugs. Our coming here, actually, there was a public outcry about health facilities. Many health facilities in Kakumiro, Chivale, and Kagadi. That most of the health workers are not attending to their duties. They are neglecting patients. The attitude to patients is very poor. There's a lot of extortion of money from patients. And most weekends, public holidays and night duties are not being covered. So that is why we entered here on a weekend. Owati was also concerned about some health facilities in the area that lack sanitation facilities like latrines. But before we came to Kisita Health Center 3, we were in Kitayuka Health Center 3. Kitayuka Health Center 3 is unfortunate that there is no latrine for health workers, for the patients, attendants, and right now there is construction going on of health of maternity and the staff quarters. And there is no latrine for these people all to use. We request DHO to give attention urgently, please. On arriving here to Kisita, we found very many patients in the compound, waiting, some on the benches, some on the compound, lying on the compound. On our interaction with these patients, they told us they have been here since 6 a.m., Nobody has attended to them. We were crying since morning. We moved around in the compound. We asked her, where are your colleagues? She said she has never seen the incharge the whole... They told us the incharge has never been there the whole of last week. They don't know where he is. And we got to know that the whole of last week was not here. Still in the healthy news, the Minister of Health has warned Ugandans of the spike in the number of cholera and diarrhea cases during this rainy season. The Minister of State for Primary Health Care, Dr. Joyce Moriku, said that with the rainy season, contamination of water sources and floods washing away the latrines are expected to aggravate the risk of factors. She implored the general public to improve hygiene with emphasis on washing hands with soap and water, keeping clean houses, boiling drinking water and eating hot food. The negative effects of the rainfall are likely to cause health hazards, health hazards that will in turn affect our household. The incident, ladies and gentlemen, of infectious and non-infectious diseases such as malaria, cholera, asthma, typhoid fever, blahazia, dysentery, and acute respiratory infections will certainly rise as a result of this heavy rainfall. Let us head to Soroti, where 48 casual laborers at the Soroti Food Factory protested over low pay. Some of the casual laborers who spoke to us said they earn 8,000 per day, but the wage doesn't match the workload. 
The disgruntled workers told Etop Radio that their supervisors told them not to reveal the earnings to visitors at the facility. And they say that there have been no recruitment to replace the laborers who left, forcing them to fill the human resource gaps. They also accused the managers of the factory of segregation and intimidation. Douglas Kachuku Ndaula is the chief executive director of Sorority Fruit Factory and admits that the pay for the casual laborers is small, but he refutes segregation and intimidation allegations. You forget that we almost lost six months to COVID. Maybe if we had worked through that duration, by now something would have happened. We need to pay value for money. Right now we are processed. There are some who have shown us what we call value for money. You look at him, you can go to the border and say this man is a great one. Although he has this qualification, he does A, B, C, D. And these are the deliverables. They, they, they need to check the, themselves as people, as also the company checks itself. So we are working around the corner to sort all these issues out. Meanwhile, President Yoweri Museveni is optimistic that the report compiled by the Commission of Inquiry into Land Matters by Justice Catherine Bamgimerere will solve land problems in the country. He says the report will be studied by the new cabinet and also be recommended as a white paper to enable government to tackle the issue of land management in Uganda. The president was contributing to a paper delivered by Justice Catherine Bamgimerere, the chairperson of the Commission of Inquiry into Land Matters, to the NRM MPs elect attending a political induction training course at Nadi in Changkwanzi district. And government has abandoned the proposal to impose road license fee on vehicles in the country and instead introduced 100 shilling tax on fuel. Early April, a number of tax bills were tabled before parliament, including the introduction of an annual road license fee of 200,000 shillings on motor vehicles and 50,000 shillings on border borders. The Minister of State for Planning, David Bahati, told the Parliament Finance Committee that they have dropped the tax because they lack a system to monitor its implementation. Bahati says they expect to collect 196 billion shillings from the 100 shilling fuel tax. We have adjusted on the license fees. Uh, we are, after listening to the committee members and also the stakeholders, we have uh, repressed the license fees uh, with an indirect tax of a modest 100 shillings on fuel per liter to be able to finance the critical expenditures of our budget, mainly the vaccines for COVID. Bahati has also informed the committee that they have dropped the 70,000 shilling proposal per kilo of fish more exported out of the country and they will instead charge 10% the value. The, on the fish more, we have made some little adjustments from 70,000 per kilogram to 10% because this will be uh, uh, fair, equitable and also very easy uh, to monitor and collect. Let's head north of the country where two schools in Gulu have been found floating Ministry of Health directives regarding COVID-19 and ordering to send learners back home immediately. It was an operation launched by the Gulu Resident City Commissioner Nsibuga Stefan Bewayo to close schools that are teaching pupils who were supposed to stay at home, following the standard operating procedures to stop the spread of COVID-19. The other, the other classes is okay, but these lower classes which are not supposed to open because they go. So what I've done, I've sent away those, the, those, those classes officially and the, I've sent the children away and I've cautioned uh, never to open again those classes. And the morning, all the the other schools that whether you like it or not, we are going through it there. If you have opened classes which are not supposed to be there, the advice I'm giving you if I arrive there is. Was-
BYU stormed Queen of Matters, Moonlight and Mount Olive Good Shepherd Primary Schools in Layibi, Badej Division and found learners in Nursery, Primary 1, Primary 2 and 3 in class. And those in upper classes had no masks. Olive Mwaka is the director of Mount Olive Good Shepherd Primary School. Because we are losing our assets, we are losing schools, we have taken loan, and it is not easy to account to parents when we are like this. I, I guess I'll okay to the government, and lastly, I want to thank the government for the tireless effort he has been making to make sure that we rescue the, the life of the Uganda. Uganda has hit 1 million mark of COVID-19 tests, but those turning out positive are soaring. As of Friday, April 23rd, stood at 40,734 total cases of the virus, of which 15,147 have successfully recovered. About 334 unfortunate deaths are recorded. With that story, we have come to the end of the News Around Uganda Weekly Roundup. My name is Doreen Nabanja. Enjoy your weekend.